just because I know that when we talked about it earlier, people do not know how to pronounce your stage name. <laughs> I need you for the record to clear it up, please. Um, for for the record, how it goes is that uh, people book me for a show. Uh, it all goes normally on email, and then when the whoever the MC is that has to introduce me, uh, they see my name on a card, and I let them sweat. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I let them sweat. I let them sweat on the stage, and I walk in. Uh, people call me Nige. People call me NYJ. To a certain degree, it's like the reason. One of one of the reasons why some people pronounce it NYJ is because otherwise people won't be able to find me because they'll spell it wrong, and I won't. I won't. I won't knock you on that. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it just works. So like, it, like if you know me personally, you can call me Nigel or Nige. It's but also at the same time, you can still call me NYJ. She. So you really not going. So you're not going to give us an official. No, nah, there there is no official. I, what what is a name? What is a name? What is a name? Are you gonna go philosophical <laughs> on me right now? I mean, are you surprised? Does, does not that at surprise all. You? So so for backstory. <laughs> so for backstory. I'm calling him NYJ just just because lit and <laughs> so NYJ and I went to high school together, theater, all that sort of stuff. And it's interesting because when people look at me, they go, "Oh, you did theater?" I'm like, "Yes, I yeah, did, I, did, I did theater. I I know I look like an athlete, but to tell the truth, it, it's something that it's it's the sort of thing you can't admit when you're younger. Like, oh, I was I was decent enough to do this. Like, no, I I, I tried hard. But I, I, but then also you play instruments, you play the saxophone, you also sing. This like, is not about me. <laughs> to a huge degree, to a huge degree, I looked up at you as like the person to look, to like go in when it comes to like doing chorus and stuff. And I so it's it. interesting that now we're here, <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I have to know because when, especially when we were through high school, I didn't see a single shade of hip hop being. In your future. So how did that happen? Hip hop is actually what got me through our school. Um, our school was definitely, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to use the, the best words for it. Um, it definitely wasn't ethnocentric. Um, it definitely wasn't a school, like for all the, for all the greatness that the school was, um, it definitely didn't foster uh, a culture that I definitely embody and I own on my skin. Um, but particularly, so, uh, do you remember your, si- okay, obviously. So your scene used to mm-hmm. joke about how I used to sit in class or at least if you caught me before periods, before school actually started, I would listen to Illmatic. Ah. I know every word to Illmatic, <laughs> like back to end, front to end. Like it's literally what just like kind of held me down. Um, there are a decent amount of times where I was a freshman and I used to like do a lot of spit. I used to spit, used to freestyle. Um, uh, with Brian and a couple other people, Brian, Cody, a couple other people, but I never really went too far with it because I didn't, uh, I didn't want to necessarily focus on a music career at the time because uh, when you have a position, when you have an opportunity to shoot beyond or something for more stable, you don't necessarily go for the arts. As much as That's the arts fact. was something that was still always like you, I, I've learned that you can't deny. You can't deny your arts. You can't deny, like, if it's something that you end up having to do, like, you don't, it's going to come back into your life. No matter what, it just always surfaced. Either whether it was singing, rapping, any type of art, it always comes out. So at this point, I'm at a point in my life where I can fully uh, invest in myself and turning it into a brand and business. So what's your favorite song off of Illmatic? Oh, that's, uh, 
That's a that's a horror. Ah, oh, that's an evil question. You can't tell me you listen to Illmatic and you know every word. No, no, no. The the reason being is because each. So when I hear Illmatic, I think of like different states of mind. Like mm-hmm. actually, I was probably gonna say New York State of Mind in the first case, but like, right? It's literally, it's literally there's different energies that comes off each song that goes off in that tape. And it's like different things that are reflected throughout the lyrics, the way he says the word, his cadence. Like, there's a reason why it's still hailed as like one of the greatest albums of all time. And Nas was like the person who actually got me into hip hop too, because I wasn't always into hip hop. But like Nas was someone who was always intellectual enough where like he had a core message, but he wasn't pretentious about it. You know, like it was always something that it was like community lifting, and that's something that I find really important when it comes to. So the, like the difference between rap and hip hop is that rap is a medium from hip-hop like hip-hop itself is a culture it's a culture that is supposed to be uplifting the community that you're in it's supposed to be building the community that you're in um and then rap would be something that would reflect that just like graffiti or breakdancing um so Nas would really be like especially for his time someone that would be talking about Queensbridge someone talking about New York someone who would be in his area talking about the things that he saw on the street people getting shot uh, police being corrupt, things going on that no one else wanted to talk about, and things that would be left under the rug, while everyone else had to keep on going with their lives. And it was something that it was needed. It was something that I felt was needed to be heard. Like at least I had to hear it because it felt like no one else was seeing it. Like the guy, the dichotomy of like going to like Long Island and like living here is like is you see the inequalities that go on like every day there's a certain juxtaposition it's always a joke even with me and like my friends or people in my label that how one block can be dangerous and the next block will be prosperous and like (laughs) auspicious notice how the vocabulary changes (laughs) like one hood to an auspicious neighborhood within a span of a block and like when you have to cross that every day you you almost feel isolated you're othered you're othered instantly just because you know you come from a different area. You come with a different background. You come with a different history. You come with a different heritage. And it's not always necessarily appreciated. But, you know, it's you got to live who you are and live through it, I guess. I think going into that, you mentioned being othered. Another thing that makes you other, and me as well for that matter, we're both first-generation Americans. Mm-hmm. The fact that our parents came to this country having to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and then here we come. How do right. you think that sort of factors into how, who you've evolved into? Well, there's de- there's definitely a decent amount of expectation. Um, that's something that uh, it, it's, it's 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 almost like the dreams that were brought by your parents are still like carried on within you, and you're supposed to you're supposed to go with that, and like as any person should, but it isn't like. I'm going to presume with most people, uh, not most people, I'm presuming people who aren't first generation, it's definitely not as uh, important to them. It's not something that like they can take with them. Um, yeah, the level of expectation is different. But Jaime Escalante was the first person who would be like, uh, people rise to the level of expectation. And I think it's a beautiful thing to a degree. Like when you have something that is more important than yourself, it excels everything else that you do (laughs) like so in a weird way it's like yeah it's it's definitely a positive um if anything also it's you have a different history and something that brings like you have a different i'm sorry if i'm tangenting 
you go for it. Go for it. Come on. Uh, it, it's something that's just jumping into my head, though. Um, having a different history and understanding about how things work or even how things go, uh, like, I believe shapes how we do things, right? Like, even, like, even the way I see hip-hop, even the way I see, like, rapping and such, I see Calypso, honestly. And the reason why I can firmly say that is when you look at, like, when you look at the history of hip-hop, right? When you had, when you had uh, <laughs> DJ Cool Herc, uh, oh, man, <laughs> taking a reggae beat, and then all of a sudden he's gonna cut it, chop it, rewind it, do it again. But then he's also gonna play like basic calypso on top of it, and then keep going. It's the same thing Calypsonians used to do. He used to talk about politics. Used to make jokes. Uh, it wasn't always necessarily focused. Well, actually, no, the music was always there, but it was definitely more lyric oriented. It wasn't just like a sing song. Oh, I like this song because it sounds good. No, I like this song because he's talking about something important. Or he's talking about something funny. It's like, yeah. it's it, So when I hear hip-hop, like when I think of hip-hop, when I look at the origins, the origins come from people who were Afro-Carib living in the Bronx. Uh, they brought it together. They were doing a dance party. Uh, there were people who wanted to, everyone wanted to be like Bruce Lee that day because it was, uh, I think Ender Dragon came out or something like that. Oh one, or, one of Bruce Lee's movies was just like, he was the main person and he was like the champion of all like minority people at the time because of like how he was represented on the on the screen. So is the hip hop is that merge of influence of Caribbean, Asian aesthetic and music, just all just all burging into like one culture. That's a really beautiful way to put it. And it kind of baffles me to hear you break it down like that. And I don't want to sound like the total hip hop purist because truly I'm not. A lot of my background is is jazz and R and B, you know, related. But I mean, there that's the, that's in there too, like right? You, right. That's an American side of it. But it's just I I I sometimes don't understand what's coming out now. Uh, a lot of people won't understand it, and to a certain degree, uh, I, I don't. Okay, this is me not knowing. This is me being bad because I should know who said this because uh, it's in a song too. You might not like it, but the hood gonna love it. That's right? fair. And that's something that at first I used to always be like, ah, but like, where's the, you know, like, where's, I wouldn't say artistry. It'd be like, why isn't this track good, right? Why don't I like this track? Why doesn't this track uplift us, right? And I think it should. I think tracks should uplift people, but, but at the same time, it's something that's more focused on the community. You may not like it, but the people who made it, if you made it, if you made a track, no matter how, I'm going to put this in air quotes. I know people can't see me. I'm going to put this in air quotes. (laughs) No matter how garbage the track is, if you made it for the people in your town, that's hip hop. That's pure hip hop. If you did it for the people that are around you, if you did it for three friends and you didn't expect anyone else to hear it, that's hip hop. Like, if we want to, now, if you want to talk about like where, where musically, I feel like people could go, you know, better or worse. Like, one thing that I love talking about is how uh, uh, there's things with lyricism, right? The, the natural poetry of it. But then there's also the delivery, right? How did you use those words together? What cadence did you do? What energy did you bring into those words as you said them? Um, rhythmic things. Uh, we can talk about, like, like scaling of, this, of the song. What mood that brings. Doing, like, it, you can go from different scales to different modes. And... 
what does that mean? Like, even then production-wise, too, if it's sampled, you can see what was the origin or the history or the point of the song originally that was sampled into it. And it's like, it's like when I think of, when I think of current artists today, we definitely live in a world, we, we're definitely in the age of the producer, right? Where the producer is way more important than the rapper. Um, they're both artists, but the producer is way more important than the rapper because the producer is the one that's bringing out the sounds and the energy and the feel that you're going to get. And when you have a cookie cutter industry, which has really always been there, but has been never been galvanized to this point, when you have a cooker, cook, cookie cutter industry, you can really just pick and choose and swap in and out different artists. Um, to a certain degree, there was a time in hip hop where biting was really hated. Biting is like when you take someone else's flow style, but now it's just like, nah, this is the. It point. just happens now. Right. Like J. Cole is starting to rap like Migos now. Right. So, all right. So, <clears throat> I go. Right, For the record, I loved his record. Well, I, I think I think 2014 Forest Hills Drive is his best, but KOD I liked. I go back and forth on J. Cole. Um, personally, I think uh, I like him more as a person than I do necessarily as his music. I respect a decent amount of his music. Sometimes I'm like, I get the I get the I get the critique bug in my head when I listen to his music. Where like <laughs> I would have done this, I would have done that, but at the same point, like when until I'm able to talk to him face to face. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't really mean much and i hope we get it through i hope we get like the chance to do that like that we're like yeah you know what i like how you did this i like how you did this you know back and forth and like some things are stylistic um it's interesting i'm it, it so the, the the top three is at the moment is j cole kendrick lamar and drake right a decent amount has to do with album sales a decent amount has to do with what they do um personally i like to think of them in three categories Right. Where J. Cole is definitely essence wise hip hop. It's like poetry. It's poetry in motion. It's hip hop. It's right there. It's all a lot for the culture. Kendrick Lamar would be actually Drake would be pop and Kendrick Lamar would be hip hop where it's a mix between hip hop and pop culture. Right. Um, As far as where other artists go into or possibly if we're talking about J. Cole like uh doing different sounds doing different styles it's gonna happen it's gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) like it's gonna happen partially because it has to happen it has to happen for the art to evolve it has to be like i see how you did that like so migos has has a triplet beat right Mm -hmm. every single time to a certain degree though that's their musical signature you know a yes, Migos sound the moment. And they changed they changed the game where everything had to they changed how producers make music because they know now things land on triplets. It's so interesting that you said that because even when we look at somebody like I'm I'm, I'm a big Jay-Z head. Okay. I even looked at the way that he would syncopate the most random things. Mm. And I said they're like, Okay. I, one one song and it's my it's my low-key favorite. It's thank you off the blueprint. Off the blueprint three. Oh, okay. yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and I think Kanye, I think Kanye produced that one. I'm not sure who produced that. He flipped this Brazilian three four bossa nova beat. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? And then I just going from the top. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please hold your applause for just apply logic keys, keys open doors. Now I'm back, and it, it, it it's just switched up so fast. So as much as I personally. 
the repetitiveness can get a little bit wearing to me just because I'm that's just how I am. Right. I like how you brought up like how much it changed everything because mm-hmm. now you can't hop on a track without incorporating that just a little bit. I, I also like to think of how ages go, right? Where like Curtis Blow, let's let's pres- I won't say he's the first MC because I'm not gonna hold my I, I don't want to get caught. Like, I, like the purest, so what? The streets is watching. Yeah, the streets is watching. Oh man, next thing Karis want to be like, what did he say? Nah, nah, <laughs> nah, nah. I don't, I don't, I don't need that right now. Um, let, let let's say Curtis Blow. He did a lot of hip hop that would be like he did a lot of songs that sounded a whole lot more like square dancing, where it would be like, like you know, move your hands, da da da, side to side, da, and it's just like. Okay, right? And we can look at it like objectively from a different point where when 90s hip hop changed the game where now we're like I'm going to rhyme this, rhyme that and I'm going to be hard about it, right? Or like when we had uh Grandmaster Flash actually talk about politics and it started changing how hip hop is like like what hip hop would be about, how it's listened to, but then also because of what you're talking about, it changes the rhythm of what you're saying. Right, so where '90s hip hop would have a lot of verbose like ver- my bad verbose verbose <laughs> like like wording, it would change the rhythm of what you have to say. Now we're in a style that is focused on how it sounds versus then what's being said. Right, you can still put meaning in there, but your words are limited because things have to end up in triplets. One two like, and it's just like there are ways to do it. Um, I like to think that when you have when you have a lot of restrictions or limitations, you raise the moment. Yeah. When you have a lot of restrictions or limitations, you increase the possibility for creativity. Right. So J. Cole going and start taking not taking, but like start going on a triplet beat like Migos don't own it. They're just known for it. Mm -hmm. So J. Cole doing a triplet sound as much as it could be trend hopping. I think it's building into evolution, or it possibly could be. Like, uh, another, just another example, not necessarily triplets, right? Uh, Kodak Black, he's a rapper that uh, I'm not too fond of politically. The things he says uh, disturbs me when he talks about black women. Uh, just, 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 ah, wow, I didn't, I didn't intend to do shots today, but hey. Hey, listen, here's what, nah, that's we're the here now, one. we're that's here the first now. One. Kodak Black needs to stop talking about, like, all right. Anyway, um, so... When Koda, so Bodak Yellow, right, by Cardi B, right? That's a song that grew her to a lot of fame. It's essentially the same flow as Kodak Black, right? And she even had to, like, oh, she even had to had to say, like, on stage, she was like, so what if I, so, like, copied his style? I made millions off of it, right? My thing is, is that no one was really listening to Kodak Black like that until Cardi B did it. And it's like, as much as she may have, I'm going to say, bitten his his flow uh-huh. or his style she definitely made it her own she definitely changed how we listen to it and now it's becoming like her signature it's not the kodak black flow per se it's the kodak black cardi b accent on it and that in and of itself is just leading us to further and further and further different things it's so weird that you said that because as someone who's not a big kodak black fan either from being around, because I used to coach, being around kids who they really liked Roll in Peace, and I hate that song, <laughs> but it's stuck in my head because the flow that you talked about, I can even Roll in Peace. Yeah. Everybody knows me. And he did that for nearly every line. I'm like, mm-hmm. and then you hear it and you can, uh, 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 
and it's just that evolution that you're talking about. It's sort of you don't really realize how history works until after until the fact. Afterwards, being on the inside is completely different. It's like it, oh, so all right. So if if I could just jump to another artist, right? Um, I didn't like the song at first. I'll admit I did not like the song at first. But Icon by Jaden Smith was for that year one of the smartest written songs I've heard. And the reason why I'm saying that, uh, I'm, I'm just an icon living, started record label, Misfits just did it, whoa, right? What he does is that he incorporates every successful thing that artists have used to this date in one song. And that's the song that broke. Like, from the ad-lib. Ad-lib game is something that's very important nowadays. Before, it used to be just, uh, you know, ad-libs used to just be when you're on stage and you're in front of people, you need someone on your side. So while you're out of air, he says the next word or he brings energy. Well, now we're in an age where energy is what's carrying the message, right? So when Jaden took, I'm just an icon living, woo, like, basically he was saying, I'm just an icon living, yeah, so-and-so and so-and-so and something, whoa, right? And he was using it to end on every bar, where it started making a mini chorus before you got to the hook. And it's just something that I'm just like, that's genius. <laughs> now, another artist, Boogie, not too long afterwards, Boogie, not a Boogie with a hoodie, I'm talking about Boogie from the West Coast, right? He came out with a song, and he used the same, not same ad libs. It's like an ad lib scheme, mm. right? Where at the end of every bar, you have an ad lib that is a reaffirmation of what you're saying. Um, I believe in Western music, they call it recitative or cacophony, right? And it's when you reaffirm what you're saying, and you use it multiple times, right? Where um, I am just so-and-so, yeah. I am just so-and-so, yeah. I am just so and so, yeah. Da 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 da, yeah. Da 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 da, yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You feel it already, right? Now try this. I'm still just gonna gibberish, right? Da 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 da, yeah. Da 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 da, no. Da 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 da, hmm. Da 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 da, yeah. Da 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 da. Ah. Exactly. And it's like now it's like reaffirming what you're saying, but in a different way. Like it's lit. And then there's also call and response. Call and response is something. Oh, back to my jazz days, baby. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Call and response is something that has been running through black music from, like, man, from since the beginning. <laughs> everything is literally, I see something, you say something back. It's something that goes into jazz. It's something that goes into hip hop when you're like, like, you want to get the audience pumping. When I say da, you say ah, uh, ha, ha, ha. It's just, it's beautiful. Now, you do that with ad libs. Where some people don't even know the lyrics of what they're saying, but they know the ad lib. <laughs> even if you don't know the song, you know where to come in. You're in it's including you. It's like it's right there. That is oh wow. I never thought about it that way. I never did because from from what I know of ad libs, I think to maybe back to Jay Jay Z never really did ad libs like that. Jeezy did ad libs a lot. Jeezy definitely. Wayne did ad libs every now and again. He's one of those people that ushered it in. Him and Young Money were big on ad libs and puns. And those ad libs, they sort of, man, I don't even have a comment. You said it all already, <laughs> and it's great that you did that. Yeah, it's weird. Like, so I know a lot of people expect me to have like a decent amount of hate for the new generation. And, like, I'll be honest, I go back and forth between what music I like and listen to because, like, 
I grew up I, I grew up with nineties hip hop into the two thousands into stuff that we're doing now. I wasn't always into like mainstream music. I always like like some of my favorite artists are MF Doom, like where like. What I like, so I sorry, your your face is lit up, so I have to say. No, listen, (laughs) Raid is my favorite song from him. Raid is my favorite, and that and we can blame the Boondocks for that because during 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 that 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 robbery scene at a Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. Seriously, if you don't know this Boondocks reference, just go watch the show. Season one, episode twelve. Fine. Anyway. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a good. But, but anyway, I just love that you have that. <laughs> it, it's it's just like the fact that he brought that in, and everything's just so off the wall. Mm-hmm. Nothing is linear. So that's what I love about Doom so much is that we had a time in hip hop, particularly gangster rap, and like a little bit after conscious, where everything had to rhyme, everything had to end on a perfect beat. It was almost just like we had like an I am a pentameter, right? Where like I'm not saying it's I am's. It's just like you had a certain set for how rhythmic is supposed to go. You were supposed to follow it. Every four bars you have your punchline and it's supposed to end, and then you're supposed to change up the rhyme screen every four bars. What Doom did was that Doom has a lot of illustrate like he the way he illustrates stuff is almost backwards not backwards it's like he he would use the most uncanny way to say one thing he would go the most extra route to do that right and with that you have okay this is the pattern right boom 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 right uh i'm never uh i'm just making this up right now right Uh so and so i'm never gonna lose right i got the drink now i gotta choose but if I take a sip, I got to think of nothing else, right? It could be literally he'll pause and say nothing else, or he will say something that doesn't rhyme. And it changes up how it feels. And it's just like where you think that, oh, I know where this is going now. With MF Doom, you never know where it's going. You can never know where an MF Doom song is going to go unless you like know the lyrics. Like, <laughs> hmm. The flow is towed in precision as an Afro trim. All big letters, but it isn't no acronym. That's from uh, uh, all caps. Okay. Wait, no, not all caps. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Ballskin. It's from Ballskin, right? Um, it's the track that he had, and uh, it's literally, the for some reason, out of all the songs in it, it was the one that was capitalized, Ballskin, and he's talking about uh, the Spalding basketball, mm-hmm. and he's talking about the, like, it's Ballskin, right? <laughs> so there's, like, this jokes in it. It's like, but he's just like, He's talking about his flow. His flow is towed in, like on a tugboat. Oh. But it has the precision of an Afro's trim. Like, an Afro that's perfect. So it's a tugboat, like, that's pulling it in. It's nice and smooth. But at the same time, it's not always precise. But no, it is precise. It's as precise as your barber. The flow is towed in precision as an Afro trim. And it's written in all big letters, like ball skin. But it isn't no acronym. And in, like, the first two lines, he's telling you about the song. He's telling you, like, this is just going to be flow. This whole song is going to be flow. And you think that, oh, maybe Ballskin in all caps is supposed to be, like, an acronym for something. No, it's not an acronym. You're just going to enjoy this song. <laughs> like, and I'm like, cool. I'm hooked. First two, first two lyrics. Like, and that's doomed for you with, like, honestly, I can't. I, Unless I know the unless I know the song inside and out, I don't quote Doom. <laughs> like, it's really that it's because it's that important for like what he does. It's lyrically unstable, which is important. Um, now Doom also isn't the most famous of artists. Like he's famous in a niche genre. There's mm. other people who do what Doom does, but 
they're not received the same ways. One, Doom is special. Doom in his own right is unique. Like, not, oh, quote-unquote, very unique. No, unique. There is no adjective you put around the word unique. He's just unique. He's Doom. But when it comes to, like, other people who may be conscious or changing up the lyrics, it's not necessarily the same. It doesn't have the same quality. Um, and, yeah, not everyone is necessarily taking to that. Uh, again, tangent, tangent. One thing that I think someone told me, and it's like something that I'm recently putting into music as well, right? Is that he told me he likes listening to lyrics, he likes listening to music that he doesn't have to listen to. Right. I like listening to music that I don't have to listen to. I get it. And I was just like, as a lyricist, that was nails on a chalkboard for me. Complete nails on a chalkboard for me. But I get it because, (laughs) no, because there is such a thing as listening to background noise mm-hmm. and there is such a thing as a creative as just needing something to fill the void yep and then that one thing pokes out and then you can go on and do what you got to do yep not everything has to be not everything has to be political not everything has to have like a certain amount of point like even with like even when you to think about uh art like when i'm talking about paintings mm-hmm. even when you think about art not everything has to have a point not everything has to be a realistic representation Things can be absurd. Things can be fluid. And it's interesting that we can do that in hip-hop. And it's like we're at the point where we have an avenue where we can do that. Um, Does everyone do it? No. There's a decent amount of people who are cookie cutters. But one of the reasons why a lot of the artists that are like out right now, there's a certain sound, there's a certain key that people go after. A lot of people's favorite artists, you can tell by their favorite artists, the more about the people that they like in their production. Why did you listen to a song? The the real question when I think about when I think about like like when I think about an artist and like what they do like hip hop wise, I think if you took away the producer, would you still listen to them? Ooh, that kills a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Because I'll tell you what, I realize that some of my favorite rappers have great ears for beats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. A lot of them have good ears for beats. And and, and the two that stand out most to me. Are of course Jay Z and Rick Ross. Huh. Because it's it's <laughs> and it's so funny because yeah, we know his story was contrived, whatever, whatever. That's fine and all. But not only does mm. the man have a good ear, I think he's done uh, he usually uses Justice League right. and, and he sort of bats his way around. But what I've realized is even his delivery, like if you listen to one of his songs a cappella. You would still bop. (laughs) Whether people wanted to admit it or not, you would still bop to a Rick Ross song just because of his delivery alone. Flow is a thing. Flow is a a beautiful thing. Um, What I think of someone like currently right now would be Ferg. Yes. I love Ferg's flow. Ferg's flow. Ferg and surprisingly, I didn't like him. Uh, like I didn't like the flow at first. Well, actually, no, I didn't. I didn't like him at first because I saw a weird video with him. I didn't know who it was. Ski Mask. Ski Mask has a crazy. I know, I know. Ski Mask has a crazy flow. And when you really listen to what he's saying, if you can get past, like, if you don't watch him, like, because some people get turned off by him being ratchet. Like so that's just not what some people are into. Right. If you don't watch him, but you listen to what he's saying, dude got bars, and his flow is like. <laughs> Oh, it's like him, Saba. Saba's another dude that's like flow-wise. Most of the time when I listen to Saba, I don't, I don't know what the music is. I don't know what the music is. It's literally just Saba rapping. 
and like he's just all over the place. He's he's a little underground. Just just putting that out there. Um, That's why I look confused. Yeah, sorry <laughs> about that. Um, he's he's coming up soon, I believe. Uh, he did a couple of songs with T Pain at least. Okay, but Saba and Smino, like they've been, yeah, they're just not like mainstream. But like, if you look them up, they got millions of views and stuff for 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 damn good reason. Um, it's interesting you bring up Jay Z and uh, Jay Z and Rick Ross. I'm on Morsi on Jay Z. So like, if you make a beat right and you're like trying to check out, oh, this is a good beat. Sometimes producers will take their favorite rapper and they'll put them on top of it. And, you know, the acapella played. Against right, it. right, right. What you're not allowed to do is you're not allowed to use Jay Z or Biggie. You can't use Jay Z or Biggie to check to see if your work is good. Of Why? course not, because flow well, is too good. Their flow is loose and sturdy. There is like a, it's like a viscous feel with their flow. It's like literally it's sturdy enough where you know where it's what's coming, but it's also flowed enough where it can land on anything fine. That is why, and I want to get your take on this too. Mm. I I'm somebody who likes to rank discographies, especially if I really like the artist. Mm. For for me, for Jay Z, I'm not a big fan of Magna Carta, Holy Grail. I'm not. I'm not at all. One of my friends who was also a rapper, shout out to the Village Pope. <laughs> one thing that he said was that song proved that Jay Z could rip a modern trap beat. Yep. And I thought about it, I'm like, that's a good way to put it. Because Jay-Z does this thing where his first four songs, no matter the album, are fire. Right. Intros don't count. So that means for the Black Album, it's December 4th. Right. Encore, What More Can I Say, and then Dirt (laughs) Off Your Shoulder. See, the memory's still good a little bit. Yeah. And so for Magna Carta Holy Grail, it's Holy Grail with Justin Timberlake, Picasso Baby. Oh, it is. Then it is, it's Tom Ford. And then, you know, I got it. The song with Rick Ross. Those are the first four songs on Magna Carta Holy Grail. Nobody plays any of the songs after that, myself included. And anyone who says that they do is either a real Jay-Z fan or is lying. (laughs) I mean, like, there's a a purpose of putting your best bars in your best foot forward. Exactly. Like, when it's funny. It's a rapping trick, too, that, like, uh, we have something, well, I call it buffer bars, where it's like you give your first punchline in the beginning so people were hooked. But then the rest of it doesn't have to be as strong. It's kind of like a good intro paragraph. The body is, you know, so and so, and then you end really strong. Um, so I get that with his albums as well that he will put that out there. I have a different view on Magna Carta Holy Grail. Um, I feel like that was a cash grab. Um, not a cash grab. That, that that'd be wrong. That'd be insulting to the work that he did. Um, lyrically, I don't think it was Jay Z's strongest. But Jay Z as agree. a as a name, he didn't need it to be. Like, um, what I like about Mims, uh, this is this is a throwback, was that uh, this is why I'm hot. Remember this song? Yeah. This is why, this is why, who, who can this forget is why that? I'm hot. Well, what's his first line in that song? The title of the song. Well, okay, after the hook, he says, this is why I'm hot. I don't got to rap. I could sell a mill saying nothing on the track. T- what does he say in the rest of the song? Nobody nothing. knows. What does he say for the rest of the night? There's a reason why, like, there's a reason why Mims, like, I, at least I don't think he's still making music. There's a reason why, like, Mims, like, stayed, you know, that's what was, that was his big song. Because he was making money, he was selling music, and he just realized, I don't got to rap anymore. There's a point in, uh, in an artist's career, especially in this day and age, where they don't have to rap anymore, where they don't have to say anything. People will still listen to it. Like, when Drake first came out, Drake came out with his hardest of stuff. 
And then it was great. Yeah, like it was where like I wasn't always a Drake fan, but I was just like, I gotta respect where this is coming. Right. And then there was a whole bunch where it was just like a decent amount where I'm just like, eh. But people still loved it. And I'm like, hey, you could like the music you like. This maybe just not be for me. And but then Drake will always still come out with different songs that have like 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 Pound Cake. Pound Cake is a song where he just has punchlines. I got all the cards, I took all the jokers out the deck, and now these people want to play chess now. Right? Why like like yo, why Where don't... was that? Exactly. That's, that's my that was like stuff. where was that? Now also Jay Z on Pound Cake. What does Jay Z say? Cake, 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 cake. Great. Okay. Like that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, oh nah, but it's Jay Z though. And his he has a fan base that will defend anything he does. I'm 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 walking off the bandwagon a little bit <laughs> because I'm I'm kind of in that boat. Now, 444 is some of the best work he's ever like he's top ever five done. album. Yeah. Top five album, period. Oh, it's just like there's so much in there. And like as much as it has to do with like, oh, you might need a little bit of outside knowledge. He talks about it in his work. And that's where the art is reflecting who he is as a person. And I'm so glad he went and dug in to like pull that all out. Because like those man <sighs> Sorry, my, my sorry, my brain just tangent. I know. Nah, people, like, I, like, I'm, <laughs> it's that that that's what makes this even more special because it's like that it would be worse if I walked in and had a list of questions and I go, Okay, I guess next question. Okay, I right, guess right. next question. <laughs> I do want to ask you about this because on my way here and then my passenger asked me to change the music. No, that's a lie. That's actually, that's a dead lie. What happened was she told me to give it a chance and I was like. Ooh, what was it? It was Nicki Minaj's new album. Oh, okay. I haven't heard all of it. I haven't heard all of it. I quit after the first, I quit after Barbie Dreams. You got I gotta hear a couple of bars or I gotta see some lyrics because I don't necessarily remember it. Is this the one where he's calling where she's calling out everybody? Yes. Oh, okay. Oof. So oh, I just blew into the mic. My bad. No. All right. <laughs> so Barbie Dreams. That one is one track that I heard. Uh I go back and forth, right? The reason why I go back and forth is because uh no matter how you feel on Nikki as a person, all right, actually, actually I'm a I'm gonna pull it out a lot. I'm gonna pull it out a lot right now. Pull right? it out because I got I got I got feelings. <laughs> all right. So one thing that we gotta recognize is that Nikki is a femsey, right? She's one of the she was one. She brought out a whole bunch of new women into hip hop. She's the one that broke that gate and brought it through with bars, lyricism, and her connection to Young Money and all that whole thing. She was a femsey that's been running the game for a decent amount of time, even when Remy Ma wasn't doing much and Eve wasn't doing much. Like credit to them, credit them because I love Remy Ma and Eve. But at the same time, she was the one that like rolled the charts. And brought out like what it can be to be a femc. She uses her platform to talk about feminism, but because she's a woman, there's a decent amount of people, and I'm just saying in general, there's a decent amount of people who don't want to give credit where it's due. Right? I'm not into all of her music. I'm not into all of her tracks. But at the same time, when it comes to Barbie Dreams, I'm just like, that's hip hop, right? That's now, true. She called out everybody. So that's what, that's what it's there for. Here's like here's when I first heard it. I think my for my initial reaction wasn't towards her art. My initial reaction was towards her fans. <laughs> I I gotta clarify that. My initial reaction was to everyone going, "Oh, this is the greatest song on earth." And People I'm, said that. Well, okay. So what she bridged is that she brought on a new generation. Right, so new generation and old heads have kind of met, 
recently, right? Between the Pusha T and Drake beef. That was a great thing. Whether or not that beef was real, it probably was because I was who <laughs> You are hiding a child. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Ooh. So they brought old heads and new heads together to listen to what hip hop is like when it's the lyrics count, where people are insulting each other and the words count and there's meaning behind it, right? To a certain degree, you could say that uh, Barbie Dreams is trend hopping on that specific thing because i don't know if you noticed when the pusha t drake beef came out there was a whole bunch of other beefs going on right when it happened it, it's called clout chasing and mm-hmm. the game is called clout chasing right but this is like eh, a little little different because it's not exactly chasing clout it's chasing drama right um but to a certain degree when it comes to nikki calling out all those people if you realize those are all people in her camp it's not that serious she even went on Instagram and some other place and was just like, those are all the people I bleep with. It's not that serious, right? Like, if she went after someone she didn't like, like, if she came after... At Cardi, like, explicitly, because oh. she did it in the first track, but she did it under wraps. Mm-hmm. And you're allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> if she had called out Cardi on that joint, like, real live Fox 5, that would have been Yo, very Yo, that's a fight I want to see. Honestly, I would love to see a Cardi B, Nicki Minaj beef. Like, just, I look, I wouldn't even be rooting for nothing. I'll just be like, yeah, just give, give me the music. Give me all the words. What's the, give what, what the can music. y'all throw at each it. other? What, give yeah, me the music. <laughs> like, I want to see what happens. Um, but, like, bar for bar wise, that song is straight bars. That's and like fair. I can appreciate that. As long as I'm not in a space where people are trying to tell me it's better than other certain bars, I'm okay with it. Like I'm not going to say it's like the greatest bars of all time, but it was bar for bar for bar and that's difficult to do. And then also if like the people that she's calling out and the amount of people she called out, she went, like a she list. went two people of she went two people a line. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Like she went, I think she went from like Mike Tyson to no Wayne was. I don't even know. She called out so many people. Drake, it was like Wayne, designer. The designer one was funny. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh ho ho ho. Like she, why'd you come into like, designer? She she's a child. Well, he's not a child anymore, but still. Nah, he's not. Um Takashi 69, she called him out too. Which is weird because she then did a song with him. Yeah, I get that that's work, but it was also very weak. I have not heard the song, but the oh, but the lead in have no, I I have because it's it's currently it's blasting on every airway. Oh, I don't listen much to the radio anymore. Good for me. Hey, I'm, I'm not even going. I'm not even going to hold you. <laughs> you need to do I honestly. It's <laughs> like it's the same. It's radio gets repetitive on certain things, but hey, they have a place that they need to get out. Like, um. When it comes to radio, I'm learning more and more. Radio has more to do with industry than it does do with content. Mm-hmm. Radio has a lot to do with um, this person needs to get paid their dues. It's like advertising free. So it's like free, not free advertisement. It's like you're paying for advertising. Like people know it's going to be on the radio, but also to a certain degree, you like I'm going to presume radio hosts have to keep a certain sound or like genre or a certain energy that they're going to put out in the airways. I remember I was in a cab with this dude. And uh, we changed from one station, and he made the cabbie change to another station, Hot 97. And the reason why he was saying Hot 97 is because the other station always bleeps up on the mood that he's trying to get. He's like, I need to be in a certain mood right now. I can't be, like, guessing with this. So flip that to, like, if they can keep a certain mood, then, hey, sometimes things have to repeat, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's, That's more than fair. 
what do you make of the whole Travis Scott number one album thing? Because I heard Travis's album this morning too. I'm not the biggest Travis fan, but I respect where he has evolved. Mm. I respect his impact. And I thought that his album was solid. I wouldn't bop it, but I thought it was solid. I'm currently in writing mode, so I haven't heard the full album. I might have heard like maybe a couple songs off of it. And I understand that there's like a whole sales beef. I'll be honest with you. I don't understand it. I'm going to argue that most people don't understand it. Uh, the reason why I argue why most people don't understand it is because there's conflicting, uh, there's conflicting stories from multiple camps. Where oh, are we talking about are we talking about album sales or are we talking about uh, your merch sales? Are we talking about show scales? What makes someone the top al- artist or top album? I think it was a beef over the the Billboard number one. Yeah, what what is their criteria for it? If they had a if they had a stringent, open and strict criteria. Oh sure, we could discuss that, right? And then like, it won't. It'll be less of a discussion, and it'll be more about like, no, no, you did this, this, and this, 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 and this, and you sold this, this, and this, right? Therefore, this is the person that's top. This is the person that's not. Um, but I think of it. Uh, this is wow, weird analogy. I think of it kind of like school, it or education or a test. It doesn't show how smart you are. It just shows how well you're good at this. Te- how well you fit the criteria of a test, right? So. Uh, who's on top billboard? Does it tell you who's the best album or best artist? No. It tells you who made the most money. And the money, is it coming from sales? Is, is it like sales of the song? Is it coming from streams of the song? Is it coming from merch? Like, if you think about it, artists nowadays don't make money off of songs because, I, look, I don't sell music, right? I don't sell music at all. <laughs> There's no point, right? If you want to donate or buy my song, I highly appreciate that. That's great. Um, but at the same time, I get that if I don't buy music, I'd be very surprised if you buy music, right? Right. Like, it's not that I don't support the artist. It's just that we're in an age where information is so free that, yeah, if your information is so free, why would you pay extra? Unless you're supporting. If you're supporting, cool. But you know how people like to support a lot? Merch. They like to buy, like they, everyone love, like a whole bunch of people have the chance three hat. Yeah. Right? Or like, I'm going to presume with Juice World, he's selling like a whole bunch of clothes that's album art and cover art to like, you know, the album itself it has more to be like what you can wear or like, like when, um, I believe it was, uh, little Yachty when he made that deal with Nostrum mm-hmm. or like when a, a bunch of artists are on Sprite. And now on Gap, SZA and Young Metro. See, age of the producer. <laughs> Metro is on a, a Gap commercial. Young, all right. So Metro is kind of like DJ Khaled in that. All right, a little bit different, right? DJ Khaled always made himself a personality. Always. Metro is just loved a lot. So, he, <laughs> so he's like he's in like, and the reason why I say that is that I don't even, I don't need much. I don't need much to say that he is his own personality. These people made him a personality just because of his taglines, how people tag him on the beat. If Young Metro don't trust you, I'm, I'm going to shoot you. you. Like, wait, 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 <laughs> like, wait, 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 wait. If Young Metro don't want to trust you, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> Raindrop. <laughs> like, yo, it's like, it's just great. <laughs> Young Metro on that beat. Like, it's, yeah, you make a par- you make a personality. And, like, a decent amount of sales in the industry is about who is this person that is a celebrity who are they as? I'm gonna say less a celebrity. I'm gonna say who is the person as an influencer, right? 
Because in the world of creatives, when it comes with money, it goes back way back to your influence. Who do you influence? Are you influencing like the masses? Are you influencing a small town? Are you influencing yourself? Like, and it's oh, I'm gonna start tangenting again. <laughs> I'm like, Go ahead. but um, it's 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 a question that I've been talking about recently, right? All right, so uh, this is full tangent warning, full tangent warning, but we're here. Right? Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Go ahead. So uh, there was a question where basically I had a small discussion with someone where it was uh, basically a lot of venues want to charge artists up and co- they want to charge up and coming artists to use their venue to play their music, right? And the argument is, why would you do that? Because you're not you're you're not choosing the artists off of how good their music is, you're choosing the artists off of how many people they have behind them, right? And like people aren't a good number, people aren't a good measure for whether or not something is good, right? It's true. Like we elected Trump. Let's just boom. Who's we? Ah, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> good point. My bad. My bad. My bad. America elected Trump. Right. Right. The amount of people, well, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that something is good. However, I get from a business standpoint that. You're not necessarily concerned with what's good because good is so subjective. You're more concerned about what is your influence like, right? Like, we're in an age where it's not just about the music. Well, okay, it was always about, like, so in hip-hop, it was always about your community, what you're building, and the industry made it stray from that, right? Where now it's like, what's your personality, da-da-da, what's the music like, what are you pushing? But then I also think on it where... No, that's also still your influence, right? Where, like, Jay-Z coined swag. Like, he was pushing swag so hard that he had people saying it. And I'm just like, you just tried to rebrand cool? You think that, like, it's, it's a, it was a business move, right? He uses influence to try to recreate culture, right? And he did it. Yeah. Like, yeah, he did it. So <laughs> it's like, so now if a business is just like, well, what's your influence like? Like, why would we hire you? So it's, I think of it less on um, necessarily, like, money. Like, I see it as wealth, right? Where an influencer has a higher stake in wealth than they would necessarily with money off the bat. Where wealth is something that the potential to create more money or create anything. Comes again and again and again. Exactly. Like, so when Young Metro is, he's a producer, right? But he's also a personality. If Metro came out and was just like, yo, buy this or wear this, people would do it. Why? He's an influencer. And they believe that his brand is reflecting on who he is as a person, or at least how you think he is as a person. Same with any other artist that is out there. Like, rolling right back to Doom, one of the smartest people out there is a dude with a mask. Hmm. His facade is his mask. He's MF Doom. <laughs> like, That's very fair. Like he had to, he was able to live his own personal life without dealing with like the pressures of what his branding is, and his brand is a symbol. Like, yeah, a lot. Of, yeah. <laughs> so, so tell me about yours because mm. I see it on the shirt that you're wearing, and I've also seen it on a lot of your social media. It's a subway token, isn't it? Yeah, it's a subway token. Um. This particular one that I'm wearing is uh, actually a prototype, uh, so I should have changed shirts. But <laughs> oops, <laughs> oops. Um, but the subway token is something that's important to me. Um, reason being is that uh, the subway token 
is something that all New Yorkers recognize. All New Yorkers from a certain age recognize, right? Whether or not like you even use them, like there's a decent amount of time where it's not it's not directly the subway, but it's a subway token. It's something that you remember you picked up, you felt it's tactile. Right. Right. It's a tactile sense. Remember what it felt like, you know what it looks like, and you probably used it for what? Transporting yourself around New York. Something that is Something that kept reappearing in my life was how much I rely on the subway. Um, I go everywhere. I go from uh, I go from Queens to Far Rockaway. Well, Queens to Far Rockaway. I go from Queens to the <laughs> I go from Queens to the Bronx to the Brooklyn, like everywhere. And it's all throughout the subway. It's something that interconnects New York, and it's something that I believe is. Yeah, it's important to me. I spend at least I spend at least two hours on the subway every day, at least, just going a place and coming back. Whew. Two hours of my life. Normally, depending if I'm going to school, it's four hours of my life. So it's something that's definitely reflected. So what I did was I changed the token to from NYC to NYJ, where like it, in the logo at least, the N the N is here, the Y is open, and then there's a J here. The other thing that I used to love to do was that uh, one of the reasons how I built up my, how I built up like my own little advertising thing for for a bit was that I three D printed a bunch of tokens. Whoa! And they had NY they had the NYJ token on it, right? And on the sides, it had a link to my SoundCloud and a link to my Instagram. Hey! I printed them out by the hundreds, and I just went on the subway. I just threw them, and people I like I would it was weird. It was weird because I'd throw them. I'd like walk away and I'd wait. And I'd watch people like pick up the token and be like, "Oh, it's an it's an, it's an old token," and they pick it up. What what the heck is this, right? <laughs> and then they look at it and they're just like, "What is this?" And then they look it up, and like I had like such like a response wow. where I was just like, "Yes, yes, look me up, find my music." And if they like the music, they stay. It's it's really that simple. Um, <laughs> so that's one of the reasons why I love token. In a weird way, I'm actually currently uh, thinking about redesigning a logo, whether it's going to keep it as this main token, I'm not too, too sure, or if I'm finding something that is has a broader or more influential meaning to myself and it. And it. So it's like an interesting sort of rebranding. It's like I, I kind of think of it where I can have like multiple multiple logos, multiple brands. Like it doesn't change much, you know? doesn't change much on the meaning <laughs> so you said you're in writing mode right now mm -hmm. at least give us a taste of what you're trying to come up with uh so whew. so the current song that i'm working on right now is uh technically g-funk i didn't realize it was g-funk until after we until after we started uh yeah after we started working on it in the wow lab. um Ooh, one sec. Sorry, I'm getting I'm getting messages, but Go don't worry it. about it. <laughs> um, lyrically, I'm not too sure. I, I understand there's a show that uh, I gotta watch the content that I use. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, hmm. Uh, it's a song that is about a certain relationship that I had with someone recently. Uh, when I say recent, I'm gonna say in like the last year, um, okay. and it's talking about how. Yeah, it's, it's it's literally just how we were as people, right? And how that changes, how that flows. Um, so all the generic stuff. Um, but I also I also talk about specific things in the song that they will understand, like that they'll completely like get. So it's incredibly personal. 
But at the same time, there is some something that's core enough that other people could get it. I just realized that was like a huge tangent of me possibly not just going. Do you want do you want to just hear the lyrics or? Sure. All right, bet. <laughs> bet, bet, bet. People are puzzles, and yeah, some people break them. They smash the pieces just to make a new picture. Just a quick game they play for a weekend, and they pretend these pieces were never broken. I'm colorblind, but I'm dealing with a Rubik's, like a Rubik's Cube. Without your eyes, mine are feeling so useless. So tell me what this color is so I can move it. But I could never even tell what the truth is. And I'll, I'll save... I'll, I'll save. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll save I'll save the rest for yeah, when it save drops. the rest for when it drops. I've, I've been putting I've been like kind of putting snippets on Snapchat, uh, but other than that, like oh my Snapchat is uh, N A M K C A J. It's Jackman backwards. If you want to see the hilarity of my snap, just don't tell my parents what happens on my snap. That's my only. That's You're my in only. a very weird position. Oh, I'm that. very. <laughs> I'm in a very. I'm in a very weird position. This song that you're about to do now, tell me a little bit more about it. Sure. Um, so it was originally written. Okay, so the 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 guy who made the song, the guy who made the beat for it, uh, Fred Republic, um, he <laughs> he originally made, he originally wrote it, he originally composed it, expecting someone to sing on top of it, right? Oh. And when I was just like, oh, I should say this, I should say this. Okay. So recently, I've been I've been doing a lot of hip hop. I've been doing a lot of writing. And uh, I've been broadening my range of what I can do as an artist, right? Where I've done conscious stuff, I've done trap stuff, uh, I've done, <laughs> I've done a lot of different. I've didn't been hitting different genres of hip hop and putting putting my own like taste onto it, my own flavor onto it. And what I've recently gotten back into is singing, right? Okay. So like one of the big songs that we're doing that it, we're waiting on a release date. We're we're sitting on this one. Uh, Okay, I just love tangents. So on the <laughs> <laughs> uh, on this particular song, it was a love song. It's R and B. We originally were t- we were tasked to make an R and B song, and we missed the deadline. And we told them from jump, it was like, "Hey, we're going on a different direction. It's okay." And they're like, "Oh yeah, it's fine. Just keep doing you, right?" <laughs> so we're like, "All right, cool." We made an R and B song, and we're like, "Okay, this is this is really good." And some of the people in my camp were like, "We didn't know you could sing like that." And I was just like, yeah. So segue back to the song that I'm just talking about right now. Um, <laughs> when when he was just like, yeah, you could totally use this beat. He wrote it for, not, it's not even a beat. He wrote it for someone to sing on top of. Oh. And he didn't know what I was going to put on top of it. And he wasn't there that day. And I brought a whole bunch of spoken word into it. And he was just like, he listened to it and he was just like, bro, this is like, three minutes long of bars <laughs> like, <laughs> like what are you doing like the, one of the reasons why i'm doing that because in my head i'm like remember i talked about formulas right we have formulas when it comes to hip-hop if i can break those formulas and create something new then i'm pioneering an age now unfortunately i found out that technically what i'm doing is g-funk <laughs> i thought i was just pushing the barrier a bit but um it's so I know I read that out, right? And I'm going to presume that you're going to think that I would rap that out. But instead, I'm mixing rapping and singing. Kind of like Bryson Tiller, but in a different way. Okay. And it's literally, it's using that to the flow, the 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 rhythm of the song itself. And it's changing how it's heard. So it's something that we're excited for, but it's also like, it's just merging me going from hip hop into R&B again. Okay. 
And what's the song called? Untitled. You going Kendrick on me now? Uh, this is Untitled, Untitled Chill Song 4. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the debut track that you have out right now, tell me more about it. Okay. So the debut track that I have out is called First Breath. Um, and the, there's a lot going on with this name. So actually, let me just talk about the hook. Let me just jump right into the hook with the song. Uh, when I, the, the first breath was made with me and Ferdinand Republic, uh, he recently put out a beat and I was just like, this beat is like, oh, it's chill. It's calming. It's like, it's, it's great when you get in, when you get a song, an instrumental that like, like can move you. Right. And I was thinking about what I was going to put it. I wrote something and I was just like, nah, it's not that. And I wrote something again and I was just like, nah, it's like that. And then something hit me. It's like, I remembered that I was really like. I was I was meditating on it to be honest. Like I, I didn't want this is gonna be a forced pun, but um, the hook of the song actually comes from uh, uh, meditation. It comes from a Buddhist mantra. The idea is that if you treat every breath like a guest in your house, that your body is a guest for the breath that you have. You say hello to every breath that you take in, and you say goodbye to every breath that leaves you, and you treat it each breath as its own gift that you know you'll never get back again, mm. but you can't be afraid to lose. It forces you to become present. It forces you to literally become present in your state of mind. And I went at, like when I was writing this song, it was a time where a lot was going on, right? So the hook goes, I say hi to the breath I take, and I say bye to the breath I leave. I think too much. Sometimes I forget to breathe. And then throughout the rest of the song, I talk about... Uh, basically the minor things that trouble me starting from a general a general stance and then getting more and more specific until it comes to the end okay i'm just gonna take a quick sip of water you good champ <clears throat> yeah let's do this all right <laughs> first breath heard here first in my bag i've said enough i want the track to drop <laughs> I say hi to the breath that taken by to the breath that leave. I think too much. Sometimes I forget to breathe. I got the high without the substance. Train been delayed, but don't change because I'm chilling at the junction. Falling star of a lost son, but I'm back with the naps of Samson. I'm Samson on the crossroads, gripping a jawbone because a fine ass let me fall from home. But I'm back like I ain't been gone since. Eyes closed, change the mold. I'm back to the land that's promised. Y'all shot Angel from a halo star. Just to make a wish. Now he's chilling behind bars. Hot to the breath that take, bot to the breath that leave. I think too much. Sometimes I forget to way back in 08, pouring out the OE. Slowly let my flow baptize the ground below me. We was in recession, to broke to no depression. My Africa affecting no ask no questions and. I know the street hurts, but we's underground And lightning hits the trees first Hot to the breath that take and bite To the breath that leave, I think too much Sometimes I forget to breathe Far rock, hot block, lived up scholarships Gridlock, gunshot, better penmanship Caps and guns, we talking caps and clips My block was on fire, I had to dip, I had to go I had to ghost on these feelings Casper kid, so I'd rather be dreaming What I'm seeing, I'm keeping And what I'm sowing, I'm reaping so well, the star situation is peaking, and I guess I want to change the picture. Talking lottery instead of liquor. Talking to God instead of triggers. And 
them is my brothers. Don't call us niggas. Boy? <laughs> Boy? <laughs> Listen, thank you for letting me come into your space <laughs> and do this because to be quite honest with you, it's a lot to have somebody open up with their art to you, whether it's been out or not, but to do it thank you and for still talk here. about like it's crazy. <laughs> it's like, I really do appreciate it. I appreciate you coming here because I'm just like, oh, I don't got to travel. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it was like, just made everything a whole lot easier. And this is, a, bro, like, this, I love this podcast. This is good stuff. Well, listen, <laughs> tell the people, since you're on everything, tell the people where to follow you. Uh, hashtag NYJ Music. Uh, my SoundCloud is NYJ Music. You can find me on Spotify uh, as NYJ First Breath or the hashtag NYJ Music on YouTube. It's NYJ Music. On Twitter, it's NYJ. That's me. Facts. <laughs> that's that. That's it's NYJ Music. NYJ Music. It is my man. Thank you so so much. Truly appreciate it. And I can't wait to hear Untitled Chill for when it has a real name. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. My man, thank you again. Thank you. <laughs>